You're listening to Being Autistic. I'm your host, Shelly, and I am a 50-year-old woman sharing my experiences about what it's like to grow up knowing I was different but not knowing why, how I learned I was on the autism spectrum, and what it's like to be autistic. Hello, everyone. In this episode, I'm going to talk about selective mutism in autism. So this is going to be different than autistics who are nonverbal, completely nonverbal. Those are people who, to my knowledge, they either never talk or they very, very rarely talk. So what I'm going to talk about in this episode is strictly when someone who is verbal experiences selective mutism. And I know, actually, I don't know, but I'm going to say that I don't know if all autistics have experienced selective mutism. This might be a trait that is only present in some autistics. But I did experience this a couple times in my life, so I'm going to talk about what it was like and just give my experience about that. So I, of course, did not know I was autistic when I was a child. Um, And the first time that I ever remember experiencing selective mutism was, I'm going to guess I was maybe between 9 and 11 years old. I don't remember exactly, but it was 9, 10, or 11. And I was on the phone with my, my, I'm going to call her my best friend, but... I I really hesitate to use the word best friend anymore because what I learned from that is that they really aren't (laughs) because like they have friends that they consider best friends but I'm just one of their friends and I also you know they're they're temporary every time so I'm saying that this was my best friend at the time but whatever so she was my neighbor when I was a child and we moved. So she was not my neighbor anymore, but we were on the phone. So this was after I had moved away from her. Um, So we were on the phone and we were discussing whether or not we could do a sleepover. So like, I think think it was that I would sleep over at her house because I don't remember her ever sleeping over at my house. So anyway, we were talking about that, and she said, go ask your mom if it's okay if you sleep over here. So I got off, I mean, I I set the phone down. This was back in the 70s, or maybe, no, 80s. This is in the early 80s when we did not have uh, wireless phones, of course, so it was a corded phone. I set the phone receiver down, and I went upstairs and talked to my mom, and she said no for whatever reason. I don't know what the reason was. So... I went back downstairs and I picked up the phone and I don't know what happened. I honestly can't even explain why this happened, but I was unable to speak. I don't even, yeah, I just, I picked up the phone and I think my best guess here is that I didn't know how to restart the conversation since I had just walked away. And maybe it just, I don't even know if it was anxiety exactly, because I didn't really feel nervous. I just didn't know what to say. So I just sat there on the phone and I, 
I don't even remember if I was trying to think of what to say. All I know was I felt very uncomfortable and awkward and weird and I could not understand why I couldn't talk. Like, I knew that my mom said no, but I just couldn't get the words out. So what I did was I just sat there on the phone and like she was talking to her mom and I could hear her and at one point she said I don't know what's taking her so long why is she not coming back to the phone and and that made me feel even worse because I didn't understand why I couldn't talk so what was I supposed to do just randomly blurt out I'm here you know or you know I didn't know and you know talking on the phone has always been hard for me it's always been something I've struggled with, even now. So maybe that had something to do with it because I didn't understand phone etiquette. Like I didn't understand how to walk away from the phone and come back to the phone and continue talking. Maybe it was that I didn't want to tell her that my mom's answer was no. I, I, you know, that's weird to me. I don't even, so yeah, it's baffling. It's completely baffling. And <laughs> I mean, I know it's of no help, to say I don't know how or why this happens because if you do experience this I really have no advice I have no advice for someone that has this problem because it literally felt like there was something blocking me and I never did talk I never did say anything to her so she ended up hanging up the phone and I really did sit there and wait until she hung up the phone and then I was able to hang up the phone like, I was just frozen. I didn't know if... I couldn't hang up until she did because I didn't want her to think I was hanging up on her. And I don't even remember what happened next time she talked to me. I imagine she just thought I was more weird than I than she already did because she had already been saying a lot of things to me like, why are you... why do you do this? Or how come you're like this? You know, she was very... she pointed out everything that was weird about me. And so she probably thought at this point that she's just not going to have much to do with me anymore. And I did see her again after that. I know I did, but I, it was not the same. I mean, it was never a, it was never a proper friendship anyway, because this girl also, well, you know, she, you're nine, 10 years old, you know, you're not good at things in life, but I guess I specifically wasn't, but she was, she had better friends than I, than we were. And she always ignored me in school. She only would hang out with me at home when we were, you know, because we're neighbors. So maybe she just didn't like me anyway, and this was one, you know, the fact that we moved apart, she thought probably that now I can just quit talking to her. And me being weird on the phone was probably a catalyst to that, you know, getting the ball rolling for her to stop talking to me eventually. So, that was my first experience with not being able to talk. My second experience actually was before that. Now that I'm remembering, it was before that. I was probably, because I lived in the other house again, um, it was, I might have been five, six, seven, eight, or nine. Um, I'm guessing six or seven or eight. I was in my backyard, and we lived in town, so all of our backyards kind of butted up against each other. There was like a fence between. And I was just in my backyard hanging out and I heard a kid a couple yards down yell out to me. I was wearing a green jacket and he said, hey, you in the green jacket, 
are you a boy or a girl? <laughs> and at the time, I had really short hair, so I probably looked like a boy from far away. And I froze. I didn't know what to say, and I don't even... I think what I did was I kind of pretended that I didn't hear him, even though it was loud and obviously I heard him. I don't remember how I reacted, I just couldn't answer. Like, it's a simple question. Are you a boy or a girl? You know, and logically, why couldn't I have just said, I'm a girl? I think, looking back now, that it was an awkward way to have a conversation from that far away. Like, I'm not good at guessing distances, but I mean, within earshot, you know, you, we know how far away someone can be when you're outside and you hear them yelling to you, but not close enough to where you could have a, a normal conversation. So I didn't know how to respond, and I didn't respond. And to this day, I don't even know what kid that was. I knew all my neighbors, but I don't remember. I, I don't even know if I looked up at them. I don't remember. I just remember being very uncomfortable and awkward and weird and shy. I mean, shy is kind of a weird word because I, I don't know if shyness even has anything to do with autism because, I mean, it can. I think it's anxiety, so, but whatever it was, I didn't know what to say. Even though it was very simple what the answer was. <laughs> I knew the answer, and that's a thing with selective mutism. With both of these examples, I knew what the answer was. It's not like I was confused on what to say. I mean, I didn't, I just didn't, <laughs> again, it's the, the inability for me to explain. I don't know why this happened. I just couldn't talk. I just shut down and couldn't answer him. So those two incidences happened before I was, for sure before I was 11. And then there was another one when I was older, I was in my, I was either 13, 14 or 15. I think I might've been 14. So I'm getting a little older and, you know, you would think that my social skills would have improved by then and I would not have these weird issues with talking to people. But I went to the dentist, to orthodontist actually, because I needed braces, and he was looking in my mouth. And so I have always, my entire life, I have always had this stim of biting the insides of my cheeks like constantly. I've always done it constantly forever. So you can probably see that my my other dentist even said the same thing. He said that he could see that I was chewing on this my cheeks. So my orthodontist saw this and he said, "Well, it, it looks like you have been biting down on your cheeks or something." I don't remember exactly how he worded it, but when he said that, I didn't know how to respond. Like, what was I supposed to say? Yes, I do. Then he would have said, why do you do that? And I did not know why I did that. At the time, I didn't know I was autistic. I didn't know what stimming was. I just thought it was a weird, nervous habit that I had. So I didn't answer because I didn't know how to answer. And then he said, well, he didn't say it. He, he goes, huh? Or hmm? You know, as if he was waiting for me to respond, and I, I still didn't answer. I still had, I, I mean, I didn't know what to say, so I didn't say anything. 
And then he did it a third time. He went, huh? And I'm like, oh my god, why does he keep saying that? I don't know what to say. And I still didn't answer him. He said it like three times. And I... It, every time he said it, it just made me want to crawl into a hole. And I... It was so awkward and uncomfortable and embarrassing. And when when it came to that situation, like... Again, I knew what the answer was. Yes. The answer was yes, I do bite the insides of my cheeks. But I think he touched on a nerve where, like, somebody finally recognized... Not finally, but somebody recognized this weird thing that I do. And I don't know if I should even acknowledge it. So I didn't want to acknowledge that he was noticing it, maybe. That's my only guess. <laughs> it was just, like somebody shining a light on a weird thing that I do. That's my only guess to how I responded that way. And every time he went, hmm? I'm like, why? Oh, here, here's another thought that I had. Why does he need to know that I do that? Why did I need to? Why was that even a conversation? Like, it didn't make any difference. He was going to put the braces on my teeth regardless of whether or not I have this habit of biting on my cheeks. So I did not understand the question, like, why is this important? I thought he was, like, attacking me, like, uh, he's f telling me that I'm weird. He's telling me that I'm doing something that I shouldn't be doing. And it, yep, I couldn't answer. I literally couldn't say anything, and I still didn't say anything. And then, from then on, it was a very weird, I don't want to say relationship, like, what, what interaction between a professional and the patient. The whole time that I went to him for, like, ten years after that was weird because of that moment. I, it was very scripted. Every time I went in there, it was like, how are you? I'm good. All right, I'm just going to do this in your mouth, and we're going to do this, and I'm going to check this, and, and okay, keep doing this, and come back in six weeks. And so, you know, it became very scripted and rehearsed. And every time I went back to him, it was always the same conversation, which was nice. I didn't really have to, like, I, maybe he learned from that first time that I didn't respond to him, not to ask me questions that didn't matter. I don't know, but it was a very weird thing, like... It was so mechanical and robotic. Every time I went to see him, it was like, he, it was just very, I didn't understand why I had to keep going for one thing. Because after my braces got taken off, he just had me wear a retainer for the next 10 years. And until, I don't even know how that changed. I think he closed his business and moved to another state. And then by default, I just didn't keep going to him anymore. <laughs> But yeah, it was very awkward going to him and like, yeah, I think I was still going to him when I was in my 20s, my early 20s. And every time I went to him, you know, it was almost like a revisiting of that awkward moment of how I could not respond when he was asking me that question. So those were the only three. Well, I'm going to get a little bit more deeper into the phone thing, but because I think that pertains to this too. But I think those are the only three examples, specific, uh, really profound examples that I remember. 
you know, like even the one when I was seven or eight years old, I remember that like it was yesterday. And these were moments that they're like imprinted into my psyche because they were so awkward. And so it, it really made me feel like there really is something wrong with me. I mean, I knew I felt different from everybody, but I, and now I had this new thing. Like, why do I suddenly not, am not able to talk in certain situations? So there's another thing I want to also talk about, and that's like going back to the shyness thing. When I was a really young kid, actually, this kind of went on most of my life when I was young. Well, that's kind of, what. okay, so I'm going to re-say that. I also struggled with shyness even into my, you know, early teens with even people like relatives. I would not talk unless, I don't even, some of the times I even remember like my parents' friends would say things to me and I would not answer. I mean, this was such a common thing that I don't remember specific moments. I just remember not wanting to talk to them. Like... <laughs> And that could be shyness, but it could also be part of the mutism thing as well. Um, it's just that they were not emotional moments. They were not, I don't remember specific times, but it, it was a lot where I just, talking was hard. <laughs> so um, the whole thing with, um, I forgot where I was going with this. What was I going to say next? Oh, so the phone thing I was going to talk a little bit more about. I think... So only two, only one of those three examples had anything to do with the phone. But since I've always had such a problem with the phone, I think I should <clears throat> talk about that right now because I think that is part of it. I think selective mutism is a form of anxiety and I did have, I still do have a phone anxiety. I can do it, but... There were times where I could not do it. There were times, even in my thirties, where I was working specific jobs where I was supposed to answer the phone or call people, and I struggled. I even flat out didn't do it sometimes. There was a, a couple, well, one job I had where I, I was the only person there, so I was the only person that was able to answer the phone, and I just froze when the phone would ring sometimes. I mean, I might have done it a couple times, but I remember a couple times I also could not do it. And it all comes down to talking. Like, it's kind of ironic because I have a podcast where I'm talking, but this is different because I'm talking to nobody in my physical environment. It's, you know, it's not the same as having somebody hear the recording later. So it's easy for me to talk now into my computer. <laughs> and I did struggle with this. I'm getting off topic again, but I'll go back to the phone thing. Well, I'll, I'll continue the phone thing. So talking on the phone's always been hard for me and I sometimes could not answer the phone and sometimes I just can't even make calls and it's always been a struggle. And I, yeah, I think it ties in with anxiety, but it also ties in with not knowing what to say. Like, I don't know how people, I mean, they must learn from their parents, but I never paid attention to how my parents talked on the phone. And even when I did, it was a different situation. Like, you know, 
maybe my parents were talking to their friends or calling to get an appointment made. And I just thought, you know, those are adult things. That's not anything I need to pertain myself with. So maybe I didn't even pay attention. And so that's, that's another thing. Like, talking on the phone is an adult thing. And even nowadays, like, kids don't talk on the phone, they text. And I love that. I love texting. I mean, I don't like technology and having to use my phone, but I would still rather text than talk. So, I mean, I'm still that way, and I probably always will be that way. I don't even like to talk to my mom on the phone. I do it if I have to, but she knows that I'm not into the phone, so we just text. Um, and then when it comes to appointments, I make my appointments online if I can. If it's something where I have to talk on the phone, then it becomes difficult. It becomes very... It, it, I need to prepare myself. And then sometimes I'll just say, nope, this is too hard. I don't want to deal with this. And then I just won't do it at all. Um, so it's, yeah, it's all related, I think. I think the thing with selective mutism, I think it's all related to not knowing what to say, just having social anxiety in general, and just having weird, like, <laughs> interactions with people that kind of traumatize you. Like, that whole thing with my friend on the phone. I feel like that kind of traumatized me because it made me aware of how inept I am at this. <laughs> and so maybe that kind of colored my experience for the rest of my life with phones. So yeah, it's just, uh, you know, and here's another thing I want to say about the talking on the phone. To me, it, it really relies so much on the things that you say. When you're talking in person with someone, it's not that reliant on your voice. I mean, it is, but not not as much as if you were on the phone. When you're on the phone, you have to be on it. You have to know what to say, and you have you can't wait. You have to respond to them. But when you're in person, it's almost, it, I mean, not almost, it is. It's completely easier to have a conversation with somebody because it's natural to be face-to-face -face with someone and talking to them. But it's not natural to be on a device that's a technological device where you can't see their face. And maybe it's the fact, you know, that you can't read their faces, the fa facial expressions. You can't feel the energy or whatever. Um, it just, there's way more pressure to talk when you're on the phone. And that's why phones have never been good for me. But when it comes to selective mutism, like my two examples that were not about the phone, can't say that excuse. I think, like I said with the second one, it was more of a thing where, or the first one actually, where I was, the kid was talking to me from the yard away. I think in that case, it was like, we're not face to face. If he had asked me that when we were face to face, Maybe I would have been able to respond, but I don't know. Maybe the was the problem that the question was just weird? I mean, I don't know. Have you ever been asked if you're a boy or a girl? And has it ever been awkward to answer? <laughs> of course, I was a kid, so maybe it's, maybe it's a kid thing. Because I did grow out of this selective mutism. I've not done this since I was, like I said, 14 or whatever, 15. I have not... Well, I mean, unless you count the phone thing. Like, I don't want to talk on the phone, and sometimes it's just so hard I can't do it. So, 
really it's uh, probably a mix of a lot of things. It's probably a mix of being awkward with conversations, social awkwardness, shyness, not knowing what to say, not being face-to-face -face in a normal conversation setting. And also, like the third example, somebody asking me a question that was making me feel really embarrassed about what the answer was. And that just made me shut down. And it, I think it all comes down to interacting with humans, other humans, that in a, in a way that makes us feel less than or smaller than or something's wrong with us, so we don't want to talk about it, we don't want to acknowledge it. It's probably all of that. And I've never really talked about this with anyone, and so right now is the first time in my life that I've ever really said out loud how I feel about, like I'm processing. I'm still processing everything about being autistic. <laughs> so basically, all of my episodes are just me letting out my initial thoughts and feelings about being autistic. So. I don't have answers. I don't have advice. I'm still learning about how being autistic feels and trying to figure out why we do the things we do or why we don't do the things we should do. So when it comes to selective mutism, at least in my situation, it was the kind of thing where, like I, like I said, I'm just... T grabbing thoughts and throwing them together and saying it's got to be a combination of all of these things. Awkwardness, social miscommunication things, like not knowing what to say, being called out on your differences. All of those things. I think selective mutism is a combination of all of those things. And so I'm curious if you have ever experienced situations like this, um, what happened and what you think is the cause of why you were unable to speak. Um, so if you want to talk about that, there is a, I have a YouTube channel where I put all my episodes up there so that people can comment to each other. And I do read them, most of them, some of them are like hard to get to and I can't keep up, but I do my best. So. Leave a comment on my YouTube channel if you want to talk about your experiences with selective mutism. Otherwise, I really hope this episode was helpful for somebody out there, at least, if nothing else, to make you feel like you're not alone if you have ever experienced this and did not, <laughs> were not able to explain what was happening. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Like, I'm doing my best to explain why it happened, and that's just my opinion. So thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week.